The grace and love of our Lord and Savior be with us always. Amen. The word of God we want to consider today is our Old Testament reading for Reformation Sunday. We're looking at Daniel chapter 6 verses 10 to 12 and 16, the beginning of that reading. It says, Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Then those men went as a group and found Daniel praying and asking God for help. So they went to the king and spoke to him about his royal decree. Did you not publish a decree that during the next 30 days, anyone who prays to any god or man except to you, O king, would be thrown into the lion's den? The king answered, The decree stands in accordance with the laws of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be repealed. So the king gave the order, and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. My dear friends in Christ, at the end of their 70-year Babylonian captivity, what happened is that some of the Jews did return to the Promised Land, but many more of the Jews stayed in the land of Babylon because that was their home. They had been established there, and they weren't treated as Captives, they were adopted into the nation. But many of them stayed behind, and one of them who stayed behind was Daniel. And now he had been used in the Babylonian Empire, serving there, and, well, when King Cyrus and the Medo-Persian Empire took over for Babylon, what happened is that then you had Daniel, an 80-year-old man at the time, he was taken into the service of the Medo-Persian Empire as well. And, well, in our reading, it talks about a king. And the king that it's talked about, it's, his name was Darius. Darius appears to have been uh, governor that was placed over the former Babylonian Empire by King Cyrus. Anyway, what Darius did is he appointed 120 satraps or regional governors who were over the different parts of his kingdom that he was over. And over those 120 satraps, there were three administrators who were all supposed to report back to Darius. And one of those three administrators was Daniel. And now Daniel did such a good job at being one of those, one of those governors, that administrators, that what happened is that Darius put him second in charge under him and everyone else was under him. And because of that, all of the other satraps and the administrators, 
became so envious of Daniel that they wanted to try to do something to discredit him or get rid of him. But when they looked at him, they could find no dirt, no corruption in him. And they came to realize, well, they said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. And actually, if you think about that statement, what a, what a beautiful compliment that was to a believing child of God. To bring charges against him, they came to recognize that the only way that they could do something to make Daniel look bad is if they came up with a rule or a decree that would make it necessary for Daniel, because of his beliefs in the Lord, to do that instead of following the directions of the decree and do what he was told that, well, the decree of, the, of Darius would end up saying. Well, the administrators, the satraps, they said to the king to Darius, the royal administrators, precepts, prefects, satraps, advisors, and governors have all agreed that the king should issue an, an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god or man during the next 30 days except to you, O king, shall be thrown into the lion's den. Now, O king, issue the decree and put it in writing so that it cannot be altered. And what they were doing is they were appealing to the king's ego, making him think, oh, I'm a god. They appealed his, to his ego and they tricked him into getting this edict into place. And now for what? For Daniel, what was true is that faithfulness to God and his word, that would involve some definite risks. But what would he do? Would he try to outwit his opponents? Would he give in to their plot? Would, well, he might have wondered, well, if, if I risk losing my life right now, Will that do any good? Because then I won't be able to help the Jewish exiles who are still here in the land. If I'm mangled and mauled by the lions, what good will that really do? But what choices did Daniel really have at this point? What choice did he have? Would he stop praying? Would he stop praying for the 30 days? Would he pray to Darius? Or would he try to pray in such a way so that no one would know? And now none of these things were really options for Daniel because, well, he had prayed out in the open. His faith was an open thing. It was something that was so important to him. And he just believed that if he concealed his faith, if he hid his faith, well, then what would that say to others? What would that say to his fellow Jews? What would that say to the, the people of the empire there? That his God wasn't that important? He didn't want to make that kind of a confession. He didn't want to make that kind of confession. Our reading says, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, 
he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to God, just as he had done before. He didn't hide his prayers and he didn't complain to God about this situation. Rather, what he did is he humbly got, got down on his knees like he always had done, and he prayed to the Lord. He prayed to the Lord, and, and he gave thanks to the Lord, even under these circumstances. And now, what an example Daniel gives to us. Because, you know, it is easy for us in our lives to go to God and say thank you to him when everything seems to be going good, when everything seems to be going well, but when problems and troubles come along, then it's kind of easy also to just start complaining. But, but Daniel teaches us a valuable lesson. Even when things aren't supposedly what we might like them to be, we still want to say thank you to God and recognize that we have this amazing God who makes everything in our lives work together for our good. So even under a circumstance like this, the threat of being thrown to the lions, here's Daniel saying, thank you, God, because I know you're going to bless me through this. You're going to bless the people around me through this as well. Well, what Daniel did is he prayed, and his praying gave his enemies an opportunity. They tattled to the king, and when the king heard of this, well, he had no choice. That was a law that was put into effect and the laws of the Medes and the Persians, they can't be changed or repealed. So, so Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. And really, when you think about it, he should have been mangled and mauled to a most gruesome death. That's Daniel's situation. Does our faithfulness to God and his word involve a risk for us? Well, the apostle Paul does say, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. And the fact is, is that we probably won't be thrown into a lion's den like Daniel or thrown into a fiery furnace like his three friends Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were. That probably won't happen to us. But if we're faithful to our God, if we call what God calls a sin a sin, if we confess that all our righteous acts are like filthy rags and that it's not our works or deeds that it's only by the grace of God that we're saved, if we confess that Jesus actually performed miracles, that he suffered and died and rose from the dead, that he actually did those things, if we confess that the Bible is an infallible authority, always true, always faithful, and it's the only real guide that we have for all matters of faith and life, if we confess things like that, it, who knows what we might face in this life. A person could lose out on a job promotion. A, a person, if he stands up for what he believes in our secular society, may end up 
He may end up failing at school. Those are problems that could happen. We could be accused of being unloving and judgmental. But actually, what we need to remember is that what we will want to be concerned about is not necessarily what the world thinks of our confession, but we always want to be concerned about what God thinks about our confession, what God thinks about the things that we say and do. Well, like Daniel, our faithfulness to God and his word, it can involve risks. There can be problems. But, but now when you think about Daniel, he knew that in the Lord, he was safe and secure even in the lion's den because his soul was safe and secure. And in the Lord, well, what we can rest assured is we're also safe and secure. We're also safe and secure no matter what may happen to us. Paul said, Anyone who trusts in Jesus will never be put to shame. He'll keep us safe and secure even if, even if the lions would come after us because, well, he's always going to be with us. And he's going to take us home to heaven someday. Thank God. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, as we face life's lions, and there will be plenty of them around us, help us always to remember how safe and secure we are now and forever in Jesus our Savior. In his name we pray, amen. In the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with you always. Amen.